Hello and welcome back to the Weekend Spread. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we've got, as always, Jameson Maxwell, Ty Lee, and the captain himself, Bolton Blake. Guys, what a, a, a crazy week for us. Pretty good. A lot of seven and threes and uh, I believe one uh, six and four for Ty, which means I'm not, I'm not totally in last by myself anymore. So things are good. <laughs> Still in a last. Rally. Still, Still last. in last. Like he's like, I'm not totally in last by myself anymore. It was it was really bad for a while there though. Like I was I was like I was like in the real danger zone of the dogs. But look, it's championship November. Not for OU, maybe for TCU. Uh but for us, this is the last stretch. So a lot of good games, a lot of exciting stuff. Um, I don't know. Blake, how are you feeling about the slate this week? Slate feeling good. Like even though, uh, like even though I think there's going to be a down week, I still like a lot of the things on the board. And honestly, pat on our backs for the whole entire weekend spread cast. We've been doing great with our picks. Like I know we tear each other down. That's kind of the purpose of the show. But look, even when our worst members are the people in dead last right now is forty nine and forty five. That's pretty good for the amount of games that we're choosing. So pat on the back. We're doing great this year. Yeah, it's an enormous amount of games, and we're like deadlocked with Big Twelve ones, so we can't like we can't duck bad games. But Ty, you and I tied in the last. Uh, how you feeling? Feeling confident? Feeling good? We we uh, turn this thing turn this thing on. Yeah. I'm, <clears throat> ooh, wow. I'm feeling confident. Uh, a tied for last currently, like you mentioned, but I I have two big games that I can really point uh, the finger at myself and and uh, understand why that is. You know, we talked about the Oklahoma one uh, where in, in Red River, uh, I knew how it was going to go, but my hands were tied. And then uh, last week, inexplicably, somehow, I had my entire notes about picking Notre Dame and then for some reason on the pod completely forgot and picked Syracuse. So <laughs> I have no one to blame but myself for my six and four weekends. Uh, I do want to say, though, uh, I know Blake was was giving us all a pat on the back, but uh, he he did have to to uh, remind everyone in there that he is tied for the lead. I would like to remind everyone that wrong uh, fifty three not tied for the lead. <laughs> okay, well, I would like to remind everyone that fifty three and forty one is not that far off thirty nine and thirty five. So the the separation between Brother, us, you might are... you might want to say that again. J- Jameson holds the coward's what lead because he hasn't used his pot of greed yet. Oh, yeah. Well, 53 and no, 41 you, you, versus 49, 45. Yeah, yeah that's not that no. far off. Yeah. You just said what did I say before? instead of 49. So <laughs> I, just <laughs> sure I was at 39 wins and 45. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Something like that. We're off to a great start today. Bobby oh, tried yeah. to get great us start. to record it at 8, which is not yeah, our normal I, time. He, his brain defaulted to Eastern time for some reason <laughs> earlier I, I botched today. it. I botched it. But, you know, so hopefully people are cool with that. But, you know, anyways, we're, we're good. We're at 730. We're running. Last week was interesting. I, I got beat bad with Syracuse and Texas Tech, but other than that, it felt pretty good. You know, Georgia, you know, just barely got nipped at the end, got hit on the hook. 
But uh, I don't know. It was a good week. So let's dive into this one. I think we got a lot of really good games to pick. Not much to say, just a lot of picks. So um, we are starting this one out with Tennessee at Georgia. Dogs favored by eight and a half here. All lines provided by our partner at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code TPPN. Because, hey, no, hey, no better time to do it than now. So uh, not only that, but if you're, a, hey, look, if you're an Oklahoma State fan, you know, going to Kansas, DraftKings is legal in Kansas now. So, you know, you can you can deal, you can make some bets, make some picks. So, uh, I don't know, might want to tail the boys. So, anyways, let's get down to the game. Tennessee, very impressive. Uh, the number one on on the college football playoff uh, top 25. Um, this is this is a pretty tough test for him. But, uh, Jameson, because you're uh, in first, you get to start us off. How are you feeling about Tennessee-Georgia? This is a really hard game to pick for me because I think Georgia – you know, could probably be in that up 10 for a lot of the game. They looked really good versus Florida. Aside from a couple of big plays, they absolutely dominated that game. This is number one versus number one. And um, it just makes me worry that now that, you know, Tennessee has climbed to the top, it just seems like they might just sputter. Um, So I'm going to go Georgia here, but this is my least favorite pick of the slate. It's It's a tricky line for sure. Blake, who do you like? I'm like in. I'm going with Jameson. I love Georgia in this uh, slot. I the thing is, Tennessee is a really, really good team, but they are very one dimensional. They're really good on offense. They run that Art Briles style offense, spread it out, and they're going to score a lot of points. But their defense just can't stop anything. And like we see that two of like the three best teams they played with Florida, with Alabama, they were just driving all over them. And that's a little concerning for me for a Georgia team that if you just look at the raw numbers is putting up similar yardage totals every single game just because they don't have, I guess, like the Malik Hooker, the sexier quarterback. But Brock Bowers has just been eating people alive this year. He's their leading receiver for Georgia. I just really like Georgia at home, especially like just going through their uh, home and away, just like looking at their schedules. It's probably back till 2019 when they played Notre Dame that they have a super big game in Athens just because they do play Florida at a neutral site. And it's just that SEC East has been so weak for so long. They haven't had a hype opponent like this. They're going to come crazy. I like Georgia just being a more two-dimensional team. And although eight and a half seems a little steep for each team having the number ones next to them on different polls, I just think Georgia, that defense is going to save them. Hey, put Hendon Hooker's name, get some respect on that, because Malik Hooker and your damn Dallas Cowboy fandom came over <laughs> into the podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Yeah, no, this is a this is tricky, because I, I, I do like Tennessee. I think they're very good. I think they're playoff content, like, t- caliber team. Um, But, look, this is Georgia all the way. I think at home, you know, in Athens – Tennessee doesn't have a lot of experience on the road this year. This will be, I believe, their third game on the road, um, second SEC game on the road. The other one was, uh, I don't know, Pitt. So, you know, a little bit bit different for them. I think they're running into a bit of a buzzsaw here. Uh, As we've seen, Georgia has the ability to shut down electric offenses. Look what they did with Oregon week one, even though totally different Ducks team now. and, you know, frankly, I just kind of think they step it up, they ramp it up and uh, get the win, get the cover. Um, 
the eight and a half makes me uncomfortable. I like, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't bet this line. I, I would just sit back and watch the game, but I, I think the dogs at home, that defense is just going to be more than enough to slow down this uh, Hendon Hooker uh, Tennessee offense, which, you know, look, offense doesn't travel on the road like very well, doesn't translate as well. So I think that's what it's going to boil down to. So give me the dogs minus eight and a half. Ty, who do you got? Yeah, I think this one is, it's just rough. Like we've all mentioned, Tennessee obviously has, has the hype and the momentum now having knocked off Alabama, but we have to remember that was at home and with a field goal as time ran out. So not discounting that, you know, that's a, that's an impressive win. If OU had pulled that off, you know, I'd still be talking about it, but this Georgia team, it's, it's sort of difficult to say because you can make the argument that outside of their really, really, really good win against an Oregon team that is currently in the top 10, uh, they haven't really faced much opposition this year that we can really point to. I mean, they, they stumbled a little bit about a month ago against Missouri and pulled it out by only four points. But I think the, the main thing that, that comes to mind with me is the fact that no one has put up more than 22 points on this Georgia team all year. Weirdly enough, the two teams that have have been Kent State and Missouri, uh, <laughs> meaning that both of those teams, whoever their quarterbacks are, I can't even name them, are better than Anthony Richardson. That's not surprising because he's not good. Uh, but that <laughs> that aside, um, I think this game comes down to the fact that both teams can put up points. We've seen that both teams can put up points. Uh, Tennessee maybe, I think, has a, a better offense, but I don't think they have one uh, to a point where it really matters. The fact that Georgia can stop people, I think is, is really key to how I'm looking at this line. So I like the dogs, the Georgia Bulldogs, not the underdogs, uh, minus eight and a half at home against this game. I think it'll be a pretty decent game. I think it'll be a high scoring one potentially, but I, I like uh, Jameson's analysis of, of dogs by probably 10. Yeah. I have a weird feeling that we might see both of these teams in the playoff as well. Uh, given that the loser of this oh. game would just have oh. to kind of win out. I and, completely. Uh, go ahead. What are yeah, you going to say? I, I completely forgot to mention another reason for picking Georgia is because my nightmare scenario for Blake uh, involves Georgia beating Tennessee, but then Georgia then losing to Alabama and us getting those three teams all in this sort of the playoff <laughs> mix just to muddy the waters a little bit more for uh, for TCU. What, I, what we can't have happen is Tennessee wins and then you get a clean picture out of the SEC for who's going to be in the playoffs. So we need that SEC picture to be really, really muddy to us. Uh, screw over the frogs. We we need it. I we need that meltdown. That would be like a Joker level origin story meltdown if the frogs get left out again uh, because of something like that. I would be flying to Bristol, Connecticut, to talk to the the people, the people as an ESP and myself, if that happened. Just like, we have to, we're, this isn't a college football playoff talking show, but it was obviously what we saw last night is just complete, just ESP and garbage that we've seen <laughs> once again, just supporting their properties that make them the most money. So, oh, fair sucks. enough. Fair enough. Speaking of a, a little bit of, ESPN garbage, the number 10 somehow ranked uh, team in the country, the LSU Tigers hosting the Alabama Crimson Tide, who are favored by 13 and a half on the road at Death Valley. Uh, Ty, what's okay for do you think Alabama is going to cover the spread? They've had issues on the road and uh, overall, just, you know, 
what's going on with LSU being 10? What, are you are you surprised to see them there? I I think not to dive too much into conspiracy stuff, but I, I guess I will give Blake this talking prompt. I, I see no reason for LSU to be getting national respect from anyone. And it's it's sort of all hinged on them being really impressive against an Ole Miss team that was also just artificially inflated in the rankings, if you ask me. So I, I really feel like this is a, uh, I don't even know what you would call it, sort of a, not a Ponzi scheme of rankings, but they, they're just inventing fake rankings for these teams to support these other teams. I have no respect for Brian Kelly or what he uh, can do because it's not much. Uh, so I like the tide in this one. I I know I've been burned in picking the tide uh, before, but LSU was not Tennessee. LSU was not as tough of a place to play as Tennessee. That's like saying that playing at Kansas State is a tough place to play. It's not. You just have to go to a. You have to go to a state that people don't like to do it. That's the only difference. <laughs> Damn, it's, LSU is a tough place to play. Bits. LSU yeah. is a tough place to play because you have fan. to go to Louisiana. Yeah. The same reason that Kansas is the tough place to play. You have to go to Kansas. Oh, my so, God. He's been looking uh, at those BGB polls right there of the loudest stadiums <laughs> in college football. What do you think about that, Blake? You saw that Kansas was on the one of the loudest college football stadiums. I don't. I muted him. I don't see any of his tweets anymore. <laughs> I was so done with just him and people. Like, it's just so stupid. It's like, at first, it's like people like, oh, dude, is it real? Is it not? People kind of took the bait. Now that people are still taking the bait after Big Game Boomer has been on the streets for about two years. <laughs> okay. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. What, what so I'm done with it. Like clockwork, this tweet just popped up. This is, I love college basketball as much as anyone, but the season needs to start in January. Most people don't tune in until football season's over. See, like, this man was invented just to troll me, because I feel like every single one of, every one of his polls I have some big issue with, and, like, I just wasn't gonna take the bait anymore, I was tired of it, and it's funny whenever I'm scrolling down my timeline, and I see somebody responding, and it says, this tweet is not available, and I know exactly what they're responding to, and I don't have to click it, I just know they're an idiot, they're a sheep, and they're falling into a trap of, of a scammer that is Big A Boomers. So I am it's very so happy. I'm very happy. I'm I love college football so much more that I don't have to see his opinions on my timeline anymore. Well, let's hope. Let's hey, I don't know. Let's hope we don't have a beef with Big Game Boomer now. Or maybe we do. That could be fun. I, I really wouldn't care. I also I would not care. care either. Like I don't like. There's no beef to it. I just think what his gimmick is is dumb. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So here's my take on this game. Alabama all season long has been insanely undisciplined. Too many false starts, too many just slop, just so much sloppy play. And you know what makes sloppy play even worse? Death Valley Friday night. Uh, Friday night. <laughs> Whoa, what am I saying? Saturday Ooh, night in Death Valley. I got excited. I was like, "Ooh, is this Friday? Did I not know?" <laughs> God, they'd be so mad if they if, if, the SEC wouldn't allow it. But uh, no, Saturday night in Death Valley is. Um, I, I mean, it, it's a cauldron of an ap- atmosphere, and we saw it at Texas. I thought it was a blip. We saw it uh, at Tennessee. It's it's becoming a trend. I think LSU keeps this game close enough just because Alabama is sloppy on the road. They're just not quite there. 
on the road. Um, and I think they make the same mistakes that they've been making all season long. So give me LSU plus 13 and a half. I, I don't think they're going to win the game, but I think 13 and a half feels pretty, I feel okay with that. Like, I'm going opposite of you. I'm not falling into this trap. This line, I would have thought, was going to be a lot shorter, but I got to take Bama. It's a rat line, and I just think Vegas knows something. Taking the 13 and a half. I just feel like LSU is like every other Notre Dame team that Brian Kelly has ever coached. They win games they are supposed to, and then just cannot compete against the elite teams when they have to hit them. It's like when you go down their schedule, like, yes, Florida State, like, opener, that's acceptable. Like, weird things happen in an opener. But when you look at Tennessee, it's like, that's kind of their only quality competition they played all year, and they just got absolutely smoked at home. I know it's 11 a.m. game. I know the crowd's probably not into it, just as like as much as a night game in Death Valley, but I just can't trust. Jaden Daniels has been playing a little too good for my liking. I know what he is. I've been bamboozled by so many quarterbacks this year. <laughs> this is one I'm not going to allow my heart to get set on. Like, Jaden Daniels has been ripping people apart with his legs, been throwing a lot better. These LSU receivers can get some separation, but I just have to trust the fact that this is a Nick Saban team. Nick Saban owns Brian Kelly. They own these like teams. Like Brian Kelly's a great coach to get you to 10 and 2, 11 and 1, but he can't beat that elite competition. I just have to back the tide here and just hope that Saban's going to do Saban things. Fair enough. Jameson? Tide come tide coming off a bye week as well. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, Bobby, Bobby's <laughs> contemplating. I haven't Tell used I my mulligan yet. Uh, no Go more. And you had you had your reasoning, and I felt like you were passionate about it. And with your lead up in this, stick to your guts. I'm going Alabama, but um, let's see if you can work on an island. <sighs> I'm gonna stick to my guns here and go with the island. I I don't know. Ugh, I don't care. Whatever. At this point, let's just let's ride. Come on, Tigers. All right, moving on. We have the Wake Forest Demon Deacons favored by four and a half on the road at NC State, who is uh, reeling after the loss of their quarterback. Uh, can't I can't remember the, his first name. I know it start. It, it, his last name is Leary. We're last name podcast. Devin. But Devin. Devin. Okay, I, I kept I kept running. I, I kept thinking Dennis Leary, but that's a that's an actor, I think. Um, Jameson, <laughs> who do you like in this one? Uh, I, it's kind of a gross game, to be honest. With you. I was looking at the slate, and I was like, "Damn, there's a lot of good games." And then he's like, "Ugh, Wake Forest off of that um, Louisville game, like that's gross." And then like NC State obviously just doesn't have it anymore. I guess Wake Forest because I dislike them less than. You know, NC State. NC State's shown kind of a trend the past couple games that I just can't buy what they're selling. And maybe just that Wake Forest Louisville game might just be, you know, an anomaly. I understand NC State beat Virginia Tech, but it's like, come on, that was like Virginia Tech, and they had to come back all at the end there. I, I'm just going to pick Wake Forest. Like, yep, yeah, I'm going to back Wake. And I know people are probably 
a little hesitant to back Wake after they had, I believe it was six turnovers by Sam Hartman in one quarter, which matches Miami, kind of did a similar thing the week before, and that's just something I hope is not repeated. That's a weird fluke. ACC football has been really weird this year, but honestly, like, looking at the stats, the Wake Forest defense has been slightly better than I thought. Like, I thought they would get shredded throughout this entire league, kind of what we saw last year, but they've stringed together three or four good performances and honestly wasn't getting beat too badly by Louisville. It was just they turned the ball over six times, and that's going to beat you. So you're not going to have a repeat performance of that. After Devin Leary's gone out, NC State has not been inspiring. They can't move the ball. They can't, like, the only thing Wake Forest is really susceptible to is the run, and they can't run the ball to save their lives anymore just because I think teams are selling out for it, knowing that's kind of what they're trying to go for. So, although North Carolina State, definitely better defense, I just don't think they have the offensive firepower to keep in this game, especially if Wake separates early. So, give me Wake. Yeah, no, that that Louisville Wake Forest game was very, very fluky. It included a 46 yard interception return and a 90 yard interception return uh, all in the third quarter. Louisville put up five touchdowns to separate. So weird. Throw it out because here's the thing. NC State, like you said, cannot move the ball down the field. You and I, I think we were both all over Virginia Tech. We 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 wrecked that bet. It was awesome. Um but they just can't move the ball down the field. They kick they kick field goals. That's what they do. That's the only thing NC State does. So my thing is, it, uh, Wake Forest, yeah, bad loss. But I think Wake goes in here, gets a win over a team that is just severely depleted. Ty? Yeah, I, NC State just absolutely, um, it killed them having, having Devin Leary out again for a season-ending injury. Uh, very unfortunate because he's, seems like a guy who he, he just has these really, really good sort of moments. And then uh, I think this is his second season ending injury. Uh, and he's had some other injuries. So he broke his leg, um, I think two years ago now. And, and uh, now out with a torn bicep. Uh, Jameson mentioned something important on NT state when he said, it just, it just feels like they've been off. They're on a, an Owen six against the spread tear currently. So I'm not going to go against that. I like Wake Forest in this one. Uh, one of the, my big buzzwords all season has been consistent product. And I feel like I am getting a more consistent, more reliable product out of this Wake Forest team. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and take them minus four and a half. Nice, everybody on Wake. Moving on to our next game, the Clemson Tigers favored by three and a half on the road in South Bend to take on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish Ty, uh, I feel like the Irish have bit you in the past, uh, specifically on, I believe, your uh, pot of green. Um, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, do you yeah, think I think they, so. Do you think they can pull the upset here at home? I think a lot of people are are looking at this one with upset potential. But when I was doing my, my research for this one, I just something felt off because I think a lot of people are buying this Notre Dame upset potential. And I think that there's some Notre Dame storylines that are sort of stemming from just how poorly they started off. And it's like, they've, they've set low expectations. And now I think people think they're a little bit better than they are just because they've won games that they should have won anyways. But now everyone had this idea that they maybe weren't even going to make a bowl. Uh, Clemson, mm -hmm. I think they're definitely overrated certainly. And uh, there's a lot of stuff to be desired, but I'm seeing a lot of, 
a lot of people picking this one, a lot of experts saying that they're predicting Clemson to win this one by like a touchdown and some change. So I, I have to, to sort of trust that maybe this line is just a little funky and there's some storyline. So I'm going to go ahead and take Clemson minus tree fitty in this one. Uh, but I don't know. Jamison said he was most worried about Georgia, Tennessee. This is the one I'm most worried about because it just feels like people are so Notre Dame as a whole, you know, everyone has an opinion on Notre Dame and no one has a middle ground opinion. Like no college football fan is like, I don't mind Notre Dame. I sometimes don't <laughs> like them. Sometimes I don't like people either love Notre Dame hardcore or they just like Notre Dame. And it's like opinions on this game are the same. It's like people either think that Notre Dame is going to win outright I haven't seen anyone saying they're going to cover. It's all just Notre Dame's going to win by two touchdowns or Clemson's going to win by 10. So give me Clemson. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's fair. And I think uh, it's, it's tricky. This game is tricky, but at the same time, I, I mean, th- this Notre Dame team is just a, a total, you know, Jekyll and Hyde situation because yeah, you have those moments where they lose to Marshall or they lose to Stanford at home, but also you have it where they go in and beat that really good UNC team with Drake may on the road. They beat Syracuse last week on the road. So yeah, something that just doesn't add up with Notre Dame, but at the same time, I'm just, I'm kind of feeling a cover here. I, I think Clemson has a knack for weaseling their way out of situations. They probably will again, but um, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go with Notre Dame in the points here. Uh, this is a, a, a toss-up, so I'm going to go with the home dog. Like This one's easy for me. It's Clemson all the way. And the main <laughs> thing is Notre Dame. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just laughing at Bobby. He makes this good analysis, and he's all confident. And then whenever you feel confident about the opposite, I can just see Bobby's face go, oh, no. <laughs> well, it's because he, he's going on an island for an unranked team against the top four teams. I'm going on an island for a team that lost to Marshall, so I don't feel great about it. <laughs> And I, Bobby, you should feel great about it because that was a horrible <laughs> pick. I think Clemson is going to roll them. The thing about, like, the thing you got to understand about Notre Dame is Notre Dame's can't throw outside the numbers. They're tied in. Uh, Mayer, he accounts for basically half of their receiving yards this entire season. So if you can negate him in a game, it's over. Like, they can't, they can't move the ball very well through the air and they can run it but they're like that's pretty one-dimensional if you have one guy to cover and then the run game like I don't see this Clemson team that has a pretty good defense can't stop that and the one thing that I think Syracuse couldn't do last week that Clemson can do is chuck the ball around a little bit more I think Syracuse like they're a great running team but uh Garrett Trader like really can't sling the ball like DJU can and although DJU has had some flat spots this season I feel confident that these Clemson receivers are going to be open Notre Dame can't defend them and it's going to be over pretty quick I just this Notre Dame team is solid but they're not going to stop an elite talented team like Clemson so I'm taking Clemson all the way this one's pretty easy for me okay Jameson Completely agree with Blake. I feel pretty good about this one in Clemson. I understand the mantra of Clemson. I understand they have to go into Notre Dame, and they just kind of haven't felt perfect so far this season. But the thing is, with what Blake said about Notre Dame's offense, it's been kind of hit or miss this season. I feel like they've been able to bully some of like the lesser um, you know, teams that don't have as good of athletes. Um, but that's not Clemson. 
Clemson's defensive line is star-studded. And Notre Dame's rushing attack that opens everything else is going to have a little bit of a tough time. Um, like you said, Michael Mayer, Clemson has the type of guys that can stay in front of him. Um, I'm not believing in Drew Pine to put up enough points to stay um, with Clemson. So I'm going to get take Clemson to cover the spread. Okay. Another island for me. I, I love love that for me. Love that for me. But um, anyway, sorry about the ringer. My, my laptop only goes... I don't know why it does it. I'm plugged in, dang it. Like, what are you doing, laptop? So, your kicker is lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession, they're slim. The stakes are high, and that tension is even higher. Your pulse is racing. He kicks, and you watch as the ball lands. Okay, yeah. Like, make every play feel that exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And they're unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. So check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. And to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me. So... Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any NFL game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, let's move on to our Big 12 games. We have the Oklahoma State Cowboys traveling to Kansas, the loudest <laughs> the loudest stadium in the Big 12, clearly. Um take on the Jayhawks. Uh, Kansas has taken a bit of a dip uh, since Jalen Daniels has gotten hurt. And uh, the Cowboys, I mean, look, their last time in the Sunflower State was uh, abysmal. Just a, a, a total blowout. 48 nothing. Didn't see that coming. Jameson, do the, do the uh, Cowboys hop back in the saddle and get a big win on the road at Kansas? You've got to think, right? I understand the 48 to 0 is kind of a little daunting, but that's just one of those things where things just kept going, didn't go their way over and over, and then it just got out of hand. And once those games get out of hand, it just can continue to get uglier. I'm just not buying the Kansas of the beginning of the season is still the same. Jalen Daniels pretty much could play this week with him practicing throughout the week. And I just don't think his first game back, we're going to see the Kansas of old that everyone was freaking out about. It's one of the best offenses in the country. And Jalen Dan's one of the best quarterbacks the way he was playing. I, I just can't buy that. I, I'm going to go Oklahoma state. Like, so I was all over on, uh, on Oklahoma state. Whenever the line released, it was at three and a half. And I was like, this is going to be a steal. It's going to probably lurk up to four five, maybe even six by the time this closes. And then it immediately shot down to two. So I got horrible closing line value. And I guess that's just because Jalen Daniels uh, could be a go, but OSU is still a really good team. And it's, I guess a little bit more encouraging that it just, the blowout was just so bad. It's just like they, they put on their worst performance of the year. There was no way they were going to come back from it and just kind of checked out of that game. And honestly, I think 
OSU Spencer Sanders another week to get a little bit healthier. I know he hasn't been 100% all year, but this OSU offense is legit, and so is this Kansas offense, but I think OSU offers a little bit more defensively. I think OSU has been in some harder games that this one might be a little bit of a breath of fresh air, and I just think two is short enough that it's easy to lay the points with the pokes that still have, like, can still make it to uh arlington like they gotta win out they're gonna be hyper focused still i like that motivation give me the cowboys yeah i i don't think oklahoma state is as bad as that 48 nothing performance against kansas state was um and because of that i think they bounce back get a win get a cover uh ku you know great story fun stuff but i they just um they aren't to that degree that we saw them earlier earlier that season and Oklahoma State's still pretty good, I think. I think they're I think they're way better than last week. So uh, I think they bounce back, get a win on the road. Um, and yeah. Ty? Look, I don't want to be down on Kansas. I am beyond happy for Kansas, but I've I've said this a couple times on the podcast now. And I think as the season goes on, it rings even truer and truer. Kansas is getting a massive, I think, storyline bump and a massive buy-in from people and a massive number of people that think that they are better than they actually are. Uh, let's say they're Big 12 casuals. You know, they're just basing their opinions off of how often am I hearing this name type thing. Kansas, I, I've made this argument before. If you took the name Kansas out of it and just put any other mid to low tier big 12 team into their record, even back when they were winning, it wouldn't be that impressive. They were just getting the national hype because it's Kansas and it's a tremendous turnaround for their school. And it's very impressive. I will, you know, I don't want to discount that at all, but what they've done within the conference is typical Kansas. I mean, they barely beat Iowa state. They beat them by like three points and then they've lost to everyone else. This, this Kansas reputation is based entirely on beating like middle Tennessee state and like Houston. And then, well, I guess they beat West Virginia as well. And then uh, Duke. So there was a, I think there's, there's some buy-in in in Kansas that maybe is unwarranted if you're actually looking at it, whether they get their, their better quarterback or not. um, I guess we'll see, but I, I really think that this one realistically should not be anywhere close to a, a two point line. I think Oklahoma state is, is going to get this one. I think, you know, last week was a last week was rough for Oklahoma State, but I, that was an anomaly. You know, they've been playing uh, really well against people all year, and um, even that that one that they lost against TCU, you know, that was fight all the way through. I, I really I can't explain what happened last week, but I'm not going to let one week um, deter me away from from picking with the Cowboys. I think I've been with the Cowboys all year. Uh, and I'm going to continue that here. Give me Oklahoma State minus two. I think that this one, uh, I think they win by two touchdowns. Yeah. If this at, is at least. the last, if this is the last we've seen of Jason Bean as his eligibility expires, we've really enjoyed everything that you've brought to us as a fan base here. Um, you'll be missed. We will miss the beam. Oh my goodness! Now, what, what do you think about that, Jameson? Of course, now coming Jameson in, Jameson the <laughs> snake. Yeah. Do we? To... Speaking of, do, is is this the segue for the beans he's and gonna chili cut, debate? He's going to cut that segment and tweet <laughs> it to Jason Bean. Be like, I've always supported you. <laughs> oh my god! I've loved you. That's kind of what Jameson does. So, man of many masks, Jason. I feel like I could call you Jason because we're so alike. 
let's not talk about beans and chili because yeah. people that are that passionate about what other people do for their meals probably need to stop talking that's my thought process not as much as people who put beans and chili though they they should really not be talking at all it's an aberration anyways I moving on to time and a place there's I'm a, in a place. I, I'm not a bean. I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm not a beans and chili. You I just hate for, beans, like... Bobby. You don't like beans at all. Like it's <laughs> I, not that, even I like. I do not like beans at all. You're See, that's what it is. It's like <laughs> that's the reason why it's not like it's an aberration because they're in there. It's just you don't like beans. Like you just it, don't it in general like beans. beans. It get. It gives me a good reason to be against beans. It's a good well, then I'm happy. I'm happy for you. Don't put beans in chili. I I just don't care what other people do if they want to put beans in their chili. So be it. I don't. I don't think you need to rant about it for a long time and have it impact your day. I mean, like, it's who cares what other people eat? Well, that's fair. I, well, okay. I think that that question, who cares what people eat? The only time that really does truly apply is when you're at the airport. Like at that point, it's like you. I would. Back when they what? had the Tuckers, when they had what? the Tuckers, no, when they had the Tuckers, the Oklahoma, no, when they had the Tuckers at the Oklahoma City Airport, seeing people bring a nice okay, big old onion burger on the plane, that is that do not do well, that. Well, that's different because that impacts me. Okay, but, that's I fair. mean, if if you were off by yourself in your house making chili on a thir- like a Thursday night and it's forty degrees outside, I don't care what you do. That's not going to impact my life. I'm not gonna scream at somebody, but at the same time, I have my my preference. Well, beans, chili. chili is sort of a more community. Like no one's making a a small batch chili just to enjoy <laughs> on their own. You know, I'm sure. Oh, I do, do that like- all the time. <laughs> I, I, I do. I do make some chili whenever it starts to get cold out. Uh, you know, you can meal prep it really. Yeah, easy. no, I'm yeah. not saying people don't make chili. I'm saying it's like you chili in a lot of cases is like a make and share meal. You know, it's not like yeah. A, our numbers have jumped up to 11 right now. We're doing great. The algorithm said they're talking about beans. Everyone in here now. They're doing the bean talk. Uh, anyways, let's move on to our next game. Speaking of chili, our favorite uh, early morning chili eaters, the Iowa State Cyclones, are uh, favored by seven against the West Virginia Mountaineers. Both of these teams are on very, very hard times. Uh, I feel like Iowa State is down bad. West Virginia's down bad. But who... Who 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 will be down worse? Ty, uh, who do you think uh, gets the cover here? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I thought I was on mute. Um, I don't know that West Virginia is really down that bad. I mean, they're not doing great, but it's like they're West Virginia, so we've got to like, you know, understand their their sort of their place in in the conference. You know, they beat the worst team in the conference, Baylor, easy. Uh, and then, you know, they lost to Kansas. That's unfortunate, but that's when Kansas was going to the playoffs. But other than that, I mean, they've lost only to teams that they are worse than. So um, this one, I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of basing this pick entirely off of the TCU game because that was really the most that I've watched this West Virginia team all year. Uh, and West Virginia could put up points. So I've learned a lot about Iowa State lately and doing the research for last week's episodes and and stuff and i like west virginia's chance to at least keep it close especially with this iowa state team uh that that isn't really able to to do explosive stuff west virginia when things work for them they can score and they can score pretty quick you know we saw that in the tcu game i saw that in the tcu game it's the only one of their games i've watched so i like west virginia you know i think if 
it comes down to Iowa State's up by eight and there's like a minute and a half left, I'm confident West Virginia would go down there and kick a field goal. So that's fair. I I don't think West Virginia is very good away from home. Um I that Texas Tech game losing 48 to 10 really kind of stuck something in me and or you know kind of stuck with me rather stuck so whoops uh kind of <laughs> stuck with me uh-oh some beans <laughs> inside of you phrasing that's a tough place to play though you know they throw tortillas at you the vibes are good or bad depending on the week i, I the thought they were gonna be good. good they're always bad the vibes the vibes are good bit didn't that come from the west virginia texas tech game it did and i was yeah, right so blake has no wrong. room blake has no room to say Whenever you're getting openly lambasted by Baylor players saying how quiet it is after like the first quarter, I wouldn't say that's good vibes. Okay, well that's that was then. This is now. The vibes aren't good anymore. But uh, to this game, I didn't see a lot that I was impressed with with Hunter Deckers and Xavier. Like the whole Iowa State situation just wasn't very good. But at the same time, I'm also fading West Virginia. especially on the road. So, you know, give me the Cyclones to get their first Big 12 win on the year. They're, um, they need it, and I, I think they get it. I think they get it. I think they get that and the cover. Give me Cyclones minus seven. Like, you already know who I'm back in. The Cyclones defense, still for real. They can't move the ball, but still for real. We'll always keep them in games. But West Virginia, I think people are going to be a little bit jaded last week because, like, they did play a really good game against TCU, but basically all they did was allowed super explosive plays, got the ball back, and then would milk the clock for seven, eight, nine minutes, basically just hoping TCU would make a mistake that then they could score. And ultimately, that wasn't a good solution just because eventually TCU started stopping West Virginia. But West Virginia's second string running back who was tearing us up is, I believe, out. Like, he went out of that game with a horrible injury. And I, they're now onto their third string. JT Daniels really can't throw the ball very well. He just, like, is not accurate, which is wild because I thought JT Daniels, five-star, looked great at Georgia, looked good at USC, and, like, really the only knock I had against him was just injury problems. But, man, he did not look good. I don't trust his passing. I think the Iowa State defense is just a little too overwhelming. And even though I know Matt Campbell gets a lot of flack uh, just because he wasn't able to take Iowa State to a certain level, it is still, like admirable that he's gotten Iowa State to the point that there are in games. It used to be Iowa State, Kansas were consistently at the bottom and like one would beat the other and then that would make them ninth. And although that's kind of shaping up this year with how Iowa State's record is, they're competitive. They're competitive in every game. They just don't have an elite offense to really take them over the edge, but they lose a lot of one score games, but I think they're able to get this one. So give me Iowa State. Jameson. This game's gross, just flat out gross. Like the Iowa State offense is just nothing. Like, come on. Versus OU's defense, that's just been giving away points like it's candy on Halloween. And they put up that performance. Like, what makes me think that they can keep up? You know, like West Virginia is going to make some bad plays, but they have enough, you know, to where, like Blake said, have a couple of big plays. Can they really cover the spread at seven? And that's why last time we had a seven-point spread with Iowa State, I said there's going to be a push. And I'm going to go with the push again 
And this time, I'm going to take the favorite on the push side rather than the underdog on the push side um, when Texas Tech was the favorite by seven. So give me Iowa State minus seven. Or I meant West Virginia was the last time I was on the minus seven. But you guys got my point. I'm going the push, but Iowa State to take over West Virginia. There you go. There, I think a push feels fair. I think a push feels fair. All right, moving on. We have the Texas Longhorns heading to, uh, to Manhattan. Uh, as two and a half point favorites, despite being the lower ranked team and everything. But uh, look, Texas has a pretty bad record in Manhattan. I don't know. But what do you think, Jameson? Does this feel fishy to you or or what's up? I hear, here's my thing. And I, I don't want to read too much into like the analytics of how betters and, you know, casinos make their lines and whatnot. But Obviously, Kansas State is going to be really pushed up high from what they did to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State isn't a team, you know, just say like, oh, they just beat them really bad. Like, that's a good team that they beat. I just think Texas has too much skill for them. It's going to be a close game, but I think Texas edges out Kansas State here on the road. Even though with their history that they have, I, I just like Texas here. Like. I'm Jordan Jameson, and this one's just gross. Like, this is one of those that I might just stay away from, just because, like, similar to Jalen Daniels with LSU, I have to do the Will Howard conundrum, which is, how is Will Howard actually good? Is he actually good? Is he not? What are these performances? If Adrian Martinez is healthy, do you start Will Howard over Adrian Martinez, considering how much he does in the passing game? So, I don't want to have to unravel that spaghetti in my head right now, because it is messy. I do agree, like, Texas, the best version of Texas, easily beats this Kansas State team, but I think I'm buying into a little bit of the Texas propaganda. I saw that uh, they were posting that Quinn Ewers might have had a, uh, like, thumbnail, like, the nail on his thumb fell off and was having it on his throwing hand. It was giving him issues versus OSU, and I don't know if that's just typical Texas excuses or whether it's real, but I think... Texas off the bye. I have to back him here. I just, like, think it has to click against one of these good uh, Big 12 teams. I hope it clicks against them so it doesn't click against TCU. So give me the Longhorns. Yeah, I'm going opposite here. Uh, I think Texas uh, has kind of still been a little inflate, overinflated after that 49 nothing win. Uh, Ty is going to island boy me here. He's he's looking his chops. Uh, that 49 to nothing win in Red River, I feel like, has kind of altered a lot of lines. It's obviously altering the way ESPN has been uh, marketing this, where Texas is ranked for uh, some reason. Um, and, you know, I just frankly don't think they're nearly as good as people think they are. Uh, on the road, at K-State, that's a tough environment. Uh, and look, I... I think the biggest thing is I think they, they're they just expecting the Will Howard wheels to just completely fall off and uh, things to go wrong there, which they very well might. But I'm going with Bobby's a believer of Will Howard, I'm a, the smartest I'm a quarterback that comes through as a whole state. As a whole, like after what I saw last week, that this Wildcat team is the hottest team in the Big 12 by far. Uh, I, I would argue like. I think they they have a really good chance at running the table and winning, you know, winning the conference. Everyone, you know, mocked me, made fun of me for putting K-State up there. But you know what? I believe in them. I'm back in the cats here. K-State minus two and a, or plus two and a half. Ty? 
Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily know that it's a I don't think it's a bad take at all. I mean, this one's rough. Um, as someone mentioned again, Bobby has failed to acknowledge a team coming off a bye week uh, with with Texas. Um, I I was really only laughing because this is what your third island of of the week now. So it's it's definitely going to to shake up the standings one way or another uh, since you you scratched your way up to being tied with me. So I, I think we're only. We're only four off of the the lead. So right now, Bobby, you could be setting yourself up to just tie four, take the lead, or just bury yourself back down again, uh, which is what I was laughing about. I, I think your you know analysis, either way, who knows? Uh, this Texas team, like we've talked about, uh, who knows what version you're going to get, but they have hung in games and, and they've performed pretty well. And I just, I like the, I like the horns in this one a little bit more. I understand that uh, K-State, you know, is getting that, that big bump from a very, very, very respectable win over Oklahoma State. But there's just uh, some other stuff on their schedule that jumps out to me as, as issues. You know, obviously there's a ton of common opponents, but that, that 10 to, to nine win over Iowa State, just, I don't know. And then, they just they've been kind of close and stuff that I don't feel that they should have been necessarily that close. And I guess what close is sort of up to your interpretation. But I like the Longhorns um, minus two and a half in this one. I who knows what their excuses for for viewers. But uh, obviously, as an OU fan, I've seen what the Longhorns can do when they're at their peak this year. I think that um, they have a lot of motivation and they they had some time to sort of recover and, and rest up. So give me the Longhorns minus two and a half all right i'm an island boy once again here by the way blake and jameson have made the exact same picks the entire way through is there hmm. hi are, are they doing some sort of collusion is there a pack well it's, to try to keep it's us blake down? it's blake's strategy you know he was the one that floated that to me when you were down he's like you should just pick the same as bobby so that he can oh. never recover blake's but strategy why would i now, pick the same as because you know that he's gonna have to do you know that he's waited too long on his pot of greed and that it's most likely going to be a loss because he's just going to get some garbage thing that he's going to have to pick as a pot of greed. So you know that you that is a dumb that, that is part. a dumb strategy. Like the smarter strategy would just be pick whoever you think is going to lose, so at least like they can never gain the distance on him. Like if I pick the same as y'all, y'all couldn't make up the distance this week. No, I'm so talking about Jameson, you and I'm allowing. Jameson, no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, you and. But well, why does that matter? I don't want to. I just don't want to get last. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you and James keep so winning no together, about you then you're never going to be but last. Then, yeah, but that assumes we would be winning together. If I tied to you, Bobby, right now, you could never catch me because you are down by four picks. Yeah, okay, okay. That would be smarter because you could never you catch were, me and I could never so, be in last. So, so you're saying that you have considered gamesmanship in this no i'm just saying the, your reasoning is dumb because Fair you enough. should tie yourself to the last place person not the first place because people get so catch hmm. you if you tie yourself to the first place fair, fair enough fair enough let's move on to a game that i've been looking forward to for quite some time it's the west texas rivalry it's texas tech <laughs> the, they're, they're, they've rented out their airbnb and oh, something's wrong with the graphic i'm sorry hold on I'm like my my apologies. That's in poor taste. So oh, Texas Tech has rented out their Airbnb at Armand G. Carter Stadium. They brought their cacti. They're ready to roll, and they're facing the frogs, who are favored by nine and a half here. Um, 
Woo, I forgot who started. It was Ty. Ty, um, who do you got on this one? Frogs or uh, Red Raiders? Yeah, it's a for a second I thought you didn't even have a line put up because I thought the 9.5 next to TCU was their ranking in the playoff. Um <laughs> I like, I mean, I'll keep it short. I like TCU. I've given my bit on on uh how I love what TCU's doing. I, I think they are gonna stumble unfortunately because like i'm saying i'm on their i'm on their train i'm not saying this as a to get blake riled up or to hedge or anything i think they're gonna we've seen some some sort of issues that have propped up and i I think they might they might stumble uh coming through the rest of the year but it's not this one i think tcu is is gonna come in uh prepared do they have 10 points in them though um i'm pretty confident that that they do i i think tcu is a very complete team across the board and and barring those sort of stumbles that i mentioned and that we've seen here and there uh i think the frogs have a 10 point win in them so give me oh sorry uh give me the horn frogs minus nine and a half yeah i i was so prepared to pick tech here i was so excited to do it i've been looking for, forward to this for weeks do it but after that after that performance to baylor i can't do it i can't because i feel like Oh, that's kind of like weird. Baron Morton is just not Baron Mordo, whatever his name is. The the tech quarterback he is just not right good. Um, I think I think TCU has had a couple choppy starts. They aren't looking as sharp as they have earlier, but at the same time, I think they go in and get a big big win here um, and cover the spread against Tech. Tech just is not very good against kind of bad competition. The only good win they really have had is Texas and. You know, I, I I don't know. I'm I, I don't see it. I don't see it. But I wish I could pick it. But it's uh it's it's do or die time. So frogs minus nine and a half is the play. Blake, I know you're excited. Rip it. Yeah, in. you already know who I'm backing, and I made sure while Ty was speaking to actually kind of write down my bullet points so I don't go too far off the rails, and I can kind of keep this as a same stream of conscience but we're gonna go through some points why texas tech is so embarrassing and it's it starts first with the display last week so last week to set the stage is they bring in patrick mahomes to retire his number induct him into the hall of fame whatever uh for texas tech forgetting that they did absolutely nothing with him while he was there. Cliff Kingsbury didn't use him to his fullest potential. Like, he was a 6-6 six and six generating machine. And so, if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'm not taking that. Like, they... Andy Reid, a good coach, immediately gets hands on you, and you become the best quarterback in the world. Yet, Texas Tech couldn't unlock that. But what was even more embarrassing from Tech fans last weekend was... I see their SB Nation account tweeting before the games that they're more concerned about the TCU game than the Butt Bowl, the game that they're actually playing, which kind of is a general theme for Tech fans. They don't really care what goes on the field. They try, like, kind of like NBA fans, they don't watch the games, they just care about the storylines off the field, the storylines, which aren't really storylines, but yeah, so they are tweeting before the game that... They can't even focus on this game because they're thinking about TCU so much. Then proceed to lose that game by like 30 points. So that leads us to the second one is Tech fans don't care about results. They're tweeting things like, oh, TCU, you know, like they should just watch the games and see that nobody goes there. And like there, there's no recruiting pitch you could ever give to somebody to go to TCU like you need to go to Lubbock look how passionate we are look at our NIL look at our new facilities yada 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 and they forget like 
guys are gonna go to TCU because we're winning games. We're nine and like we're eight no. Like it's so it's so ridiculous that they think people are gonna go to their like their horrible little school just because they like oh they have some good facilities now. No, <laughs> win some games on the field and recruits are gonna go there. And finally, three, they always, the don't sell at your stadium talk. If you just go do, a, just search it on Wikipedia, you'll see that we fill our stadium on on average more than they do. They cannot get anybody out to Lubbock. Their school is four times the size of ours, and they can't fill their own stadium. The only reason why they're mad about TCU blacking them out of the ticket sales for this one is because this is the only game Tech fans go to. Hey, Tech fans, I've been to two road games this year, plus a litany of home games. I'm traveling with this team. Y'all can't even go back to your home stadium, your home place where you enjoyed or you enjoyed your college experience because everybody says they love tech so much but refuse to actually put the money where their mouth is and buy some season tickets and go to the game so Baylor fans were I Baylor players were saying how weak of a crowd it was last week even for such a big ceremonial moment this one I think is going to be a blowout I think TC's motivated they're tired of playing close games honestly perfect little rat poison given to us by the college football playoff committee this weekend of saying that TC has been behind in some games but Bama hasn't even though the committee will one day realize that losing a game means you are behind, and you are behind <laughs> the, almost, almost the entire time, and so that is that is what happens when in a loss. But uh, I think TCU rolls here nine and a half easy. I'm not worried. Tech fans are going to come. The Tech fans are going to come. They're going to watch their team lose, and really sad for them. That was their one game they got to see this year, and they're going to get blown out. So give me TCU. What a shame. Uh, Jameson, who you got? I was with you, Bobby. I was really wanting to pick Texas Tech. I really Do was. It. Do it. <laughs> well, well Do here's, it, here's the thing. We're, we're going to be we're gonna be with him. And it's I gonna know. Be so fun. It's going to be so fun to watch this at 11 a.m. And all that unfolds through this game. But what, what am I going to pick with Texas Tech? Like, the freshman quarterback that just showed like he has weaknesses his game. Finally, like I said, once you get a good coach to scout him, they're going to find weaknesses. He's going to turn the ball over and make bad plays. He did that exact thing versus Baylor. Um, obviously, TCU's defensive staff isn't as bright as Dave Aranda, but, you know, they cracked the code last week. And a freshman quarterback, you know, could run hot for a long time. And then – um, once kind of that hot streak ends, it takes a lot of maturity and resilience to overcome that and not just fall into this, you know, pit. So I'm going to pick TCU, but Hey, Ty, can you give me a hedge alert? I'll be cheering for Texas tech just for the fun of it, just to see, because Blake loves, you know, cheering for the opposite of our teams whenever we're in high risk situations. So I will be happily looking for some drama, but give me a hedge. I'm going to pick TCU, but I want to see a little bit of fun in this game. Yeah, I, I'm for that, and I'm kind of glad that everyone went, uh, went with TCU because now I can root for Texas Tech because you know I can't get behind. So we're good. There we go. Let's move on to the. You can't. You can't say. You can't go on an island for three games and then halfway <laughs> through the episode be like, "Oh no, I need to start picking with everyone." That's just no. that, that makes it worse. Actually, I'm saying I'm happy that that's how it ended up because I, I I'm good. But anyways, anyways, let's move on to the best game in the two o'clock slot. No need to check the other games. It's Baylor at Oklahoma here. Sooners favored by Tree Fitty. 
Uh, Jameson, kick us off here. Do you think OU's uh, recent uh, run of wins is going to continue, or are the Bears just too good? Y'all are probably, if, if y'all are paying attention, you're like, Jameson, what are you doing? You've picked the favorite to cover in all your picks so far. That sounds kind of gross. What are the odds of that? You know, what are the odds of flipping a coin and it being head? You, you know, what, 10 times in a row? So you never know. You never know. Blake has some experience with that. Um, and then another thing, you're probably like, Jameson, you've probably picked Oklahoma to cover every single game this season. Are you going to really do it again? And I'm going to say, damn right I am, because why not? So here's my reasoning on it. Uh, I think Baylor's offense is is what's going to, if they want to cover and win this game, is what's going to have to prevail. And obviously Oklahoma's defense has shown to have holes, and Iowa State didn't have much of a firepower to make those holes better. But I said it on the pod earlier, and I mean, if you guys didn't listen to the reaction pod from Sunday, go take a listen. Uh, it seemed like there wasn't as many big breaks in those plays, like the guys running free with no one around him. At least there was a guy next to him. I think that bye week, there was something that started to click a little bit better, and we found a defense that kind of fits our guys better. And one thing that we did show is we were able to stop the run, and Reese is the guy that completely makes or breaks that Baylor offense. If we can stop Reese and put Shapin in third and long kind of situations, I feel good enough about our defense to make some stops, not all the stops, and let our Oklahoma offense that has done really well at home this season, in my opinion, um, to push us through and get us a win here by a touchdown. All right, Blake, who you got? Yeah, this game's kind of tough for me because I think, honestly, these teams are very similar in the fact that came into the season with some high expectations, kind of got punched in the mouth a little bit uh, in the beginning, but now are starting to find their identity again. Like, the good thing is, in Norman, they're not talking about how much of a dumpster fire it is. It seems to kind of correct itself. And then Dave Aranda kind of riding the ship again after the BYU, the West Virginia game, OSU kind of tailspin that he was losing some very uncharacteristic close games and so it makes it hard for me but I'm gonna be a homer here and go Baylor I think that the one thing that OU has not been able to do this entire year is stop the run and the only time they did it was this past weekend against an Iowa State team that hasn't been able to run the ball on anybody and Baylor has that clear identity is that they're gonna give it to Reese they're just gonna take the ball out of Blake shape and hands and I saw last week with TC West Virginia, if you're running the ball and being successful at it, you're going to keep this game close till the end. That half-point hook definitely was a factor that gives me a little bit more confidence in Baylor, but I just like Dave Aranda's a great coach. I think they have a solid offensive identity, a little bit better defense, so I'm hoping they can at least keep it close within a field goal. So give me Baylor. We finally diverge. Good. There we go. There we go. There we go. I'm going to go with the Sooners here. Uh, I think it's a real, going to be a really good game, and this is a really tough pick. But I, the momentum in Norman, it feels like everything's kind of figured itself out. Um, not perfectly, but I think that, you know, having this home game back, you know, after a couple weeks off, I, I think it's I think it's going to correct itself. I'm, I'm pretty big on the Sooners here. Um, Dylan Gabriel, that offense can really click. Uh, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think the best bet in this is is the over um, because I I don't know. I'm not really like Baylor's defense isn't. I, yeah, they had a great performance against Baron Mordo in Texas Tech last week, but like they just 
I feel like they've they've broken at times where they usually shouldn't break. Um, I think you know a big circle to me was that West Virginia game, for example. Like they, they gave up uh, forty three points. They gave, uh, gave up thirty six to Oklahoma State. Um, then you know I'm just I'm not really I don't think this Baylor defense is what it used to be. I, I know you know Aranda's good. He he can scheme, but the players just aren't quite there yet. Um, I think ultimately Oklahoma wins in a shootout, covers three and a half. Ty? Look, so we did a whole episode on this earlier in the week. I implore anyone to to go back and, and check that out uh, if they if they wish for an hour of analysis from Jameson, Bobby, and I. Uh, this one, I am I'm very worried about it because I, I don't, and, and I want this to be known that this is not a hedge, but I don't necessarily know uh, if people should be buying into some of the hype around OU right now, like a shootout that we won again at home against Kansas with their backup quarterback, where they still put up 40 plus points on us. And then uh, a, a good win against a, a not good at all Iowa state team. Uh, it does worry me, especially with a team like Baylor where they have a good coaching staff they have traditionally succeeded against us in the you know recent past, and then like I touched on in, in the episode uh, that we just recorded, they are pretty pretty scrappy. They can sort of convert those things that matter. So I I do worry if it becomes sort of a shootout situation about OU winning at all, uh, let alone the cover. But I am going to count on OU. I'm going to count on the hype to be real, and I'm going to take OU minus three and a half in this one. Give me the Sooners to get the win, get the cover at home, become bowl eligible, and start start to start to uh, start to regain our proper place in the Big Twelve. Fair enough, fair enough. So there we go. That's a island boy for Blake and the Bears. But I was stuff. I was confused. You said it was a hedge tie, but then you picked Oklahoma. Is this no, like I said I don't level? want it to sound like a hedge when I say okay. I'm not buying the hype of OU. Gotcha. Okay, uh, following you know, you. being like back sort of thing. Okay, okay, gotcha. I follow. Gotcha. I follow. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. All right, time for our favorite pick of the week. Why are the brakes working? Because I cut the brakes. Wild card, bitches! Yeah! What? Oh, Jesus! Ty, you get to uh, kick us off here. What game are you going with? Yeah, first let me say I actually kind of like this slot. Being on the end is is kind of nice. It it worked out for me. I got to pick last on the one during the regular that I wanted to pick, and I like picking the wild card first. I'm I'm a man of few wild cards. I vastly improved my wild card performance actually. Uh, I know Blake loves to to sort of poke at my wild card performance. I'll reveal some of how how the wild card sausage is made. Traditionally, my method was to just pull up our great sponsors at DraftKings, sign up with promo code TPPN if you can, where you can. Not available in all areas. Uh, check check for availability. But I support DraftKings because DraftKings supports us and American small business. That's what they do. Um, but normally I would just scroll and randomly pick a, a game that I liked one of the teams or one of the lines or something. And that did not really work out well at all. So I figured that, hey, maybe I'll have a better wild card performance if I start to pick teams that I at least watch some and know. So that's what I've sort of moved to. And that's what I'm doing here. I'm taking a big line, a big, big, big line. It's going to get laughs out of people. Minus 31 and a half 
give me my Oregon Ducks. I'm a known Oregon Duck <laughs> sympathizer if not no. fan, um, against the Colorado Buffaloes. Here's the thing. It literally, besides Cal, who uh, Colorado held to 13 points, Everyone puts up 40-plus points on this Colorado team. And literally everyone. Oh Well, I guess TCU only put up 38 on them. Uh, that's why they're not going to make the playoff. But everyone else has been putting up 40-plus points on this Colorado team. The Ducks are the best team that this team is going to face this year. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Ducks are better than USC. The Ducks are the best team they're going to face all year. I like the Ducks by 31 and a half. Several other teams have covered this spread against the uh, the Buffaloes so far. So give me my Oregon Ducks minus 31 and a half against uh, the Colorado Buffs. That is a hefty, hefty line. All right, time for mine. And I'm going to pivot to... Um... Tomorrow we're we're recording this on Wednesday, so tomorrow's game. I'm gonna go with a Thursday night spread, uh, and I'm gonna dip into this into the fun belt a little bit. Appalachian State and Coastal Carolina, but I'm not going with Yosef. I'm gonna go with the Teal Chickens at home. Oh, I hope in, this burns uh, you. What's that? I hope this burns you. I look. I I think App State has been a little bit overhyped. I know Coastal. You know they're, what? They're seven and one. They. You don't think Coastal might be a little bit overhyped? Like at least Apple. No, no, no. Let it, this games. is this is an extremely meta game for Bobby. No, I mean absolutely. Coastal lost one game and it was it was it was bad. But at home on Thursday, I'm feeling the Conway vibes. Is my is my thing. I'm feeling I, I that weird teal turf. I don't know. I feel like these these fun belt weird Thursday games usually tend to go in the direction of the home team. Um, App State or, or, or Coastal lost to ODU 49 to 21, but that's acceptable because ODU has a cool dog with uh, goggles. So that's they were just they're just trying to make the dog happy. I I I respect that. I think that's pretty cool out of them. Uh, Coast or App State on the other hand lost to Boco, something I cannot uh, I cannot tolerate or yes. understand. So I'm going to go with Coastal Carolina uh, plus three at home. So I'm getting points as a home dog. The challenge declares. Let's roll with it. This one, easy for me. Easiest one on the slate. Easiest one of the year. My team, the UNLV running Rebs, are going up against the San Diego State Aztecs in San Diego, which is not a state. That's <laughs> kind of confusing, but it is a city, uh, not a state. But I just want to... UNLV's good. Doug Brumfeld. You w- the offense is clicking this year. But I would like to take this opportunity just to trash the Aztecs just a little bit more. Uh, for our visual listeners, I will show you the the win probability chart of last week's game between San Diego State and Fresno. San Diego State is on top. With two minutes left, they were up by double digits and lost. <laughs> Those greedy... Those greedy guys down in the state of San San Diego decided, with the ball, with 50 seconds left, they recovered the onside kick, tried to go for a pass, and got it intercepted, gave the ball with Jake Hayner. With 44 seconds left, Jake Hayner wins the game for them. They are greedy, they are a bad team, and I've been telling you this all along. UNLV, the good guys, 
road to bowl eligibility starts here. We're getting close. UNLV, I would honestly take the money line if I could on the show, but it's the weekend spread, so I got to choose spreads. So give me UNLV plus six and a half on the road in the state of San Diego. Gonna wipe them out. <laughs> it's 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 gonna be a brutal game. They're gonna have to rip the, the rip the game off first quarter because UNLV is gonna be beating them that bad. So are this you, one's the not, easiest easiest lock of the year. Are you not worried about the atmosphere at Snapdragon Stadium? Nope. <laughs> of course not. That's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, Jameson, close worried. us out here. Who do you got? Yeah. Um. As every episode, I do this. I talk about my good friend Boko, who I will not be picking because they've been doing great this season. I thought, um, whenever I've avoided them, and so they play uh, the ULM on the road. So I'm going to stay away from that and enjoy being away. And I had a couple of thought processes here, but. As some of y'all know, we are visiting the great city of San Antonio, so why not let's just hop on San Antonio and get the full experience. And I saw UTSA Pick'em versus UAB, and I said, I'm on the Roadrunners. Let's do it. UAB, gross. Oh, they they probably are lucky to even be a football team anymore. Um, UTSA, sneaky, sneaky good. I understand they haven't ran away with any of their games recently, but their two losses that they only had this year are versus Texas and Houston. I understand Houston isn't as good, but they still got, you know, Clayton Toon and what he was at the beginning of the season. Um, So I'm going to go UTSA in a pick straight up to win versus UAB. All right. Love to see it. Love to see it. So got, got a little bit of San Antonio flair in there. All right, guys, that's all we got. That's all of our, uh, all of our picks. Any any uh maybe maybe another one, Jameson? Are you gonna hold the pot of green? Nope. Nope, none. <sighs> I do <laughs> I do want to point out the beauty of the wild card. We had one person picking based on pure hate, Blake with his hatred for <laughs> San Diego State, one person picking on just two super meta teams for themselves, one person taking a pick'em, and then one person taking a 30 plus point line is just <laughs> beautiful it's it's we could i thought about this blake though would you be interested in maybe what i should i get on this yukon you have asked team um game that we got going on (laughs) i am i am all in on yukon just blowing the doors off of (laughs) us and we get a situation where i think with two games left in the season yukon could be fighting for a bowl game and i think it's really sad because probably the most winnable game after us is army so they would have to take down our troops but it would be hilarious if america lost a little bit of uh power in its military just to see yukon go to a bowl game that would be great uh, that would be great Fifteen and a half points point. for yukon wow <laughs> well hey look jim jim mora has it turned around there like he's done a really good job at at yukon they're doing they're being smart this year like they they obviously scheduled michigan and some other ones but they're scheduling teams they can beat which is what you want like if you're that style of team just try to make a bowl that's all you got to do you don't care about strength of schedule just try to make a bowl is there (laughs) not to not to keep this going on too long is there a strategy when you're taking over a small school to maybe pick up a team like michigan and get that money and know that you're you know that loss in the first year or two is not going to affect you if you can collect some bank and reinvest it. Maybe I feel like Just there's reinvest some reinvest into an NIL. 
Yeah, that's yeah. Kent. That, that that's the Kent State model. Like they only care about winning the MAC, so they just decided to play three of the like three great teams in their non-conference, collected huge paychecks, and can probably support all their sports and just for the use rest it to support them yep. beating up the MAC. That's actually that's amazing, like, actually. Because and that's why uh, Kent State, I was always like weary to bet them, just because they're not going to give their playbook against OU, Washington, or Georgia. They don't care. Like they're just going in there playing some conservative ball and save it for the MAC because really non-conference games don't matter for them. Well, and, and you know they did kind of ball out against OU and Georgia. And now they're not. Now they're not winning MAC games. So maybe that's what it was. But yeah, no, yeah, hey, UConn beat Boston College. That's pretty College. crazy. Yeah. Booty is a but, booty. Yeah, Boston They're College awesome. is so bad. Boston College is taking people off of their defensive line to now Ugh. start on their offensive line because they're like that gutted right now. They have nobody, nobody to play the key positions. Awful. Awful. That's just atrocious. Ugh. Anyways. All right, guys. That's all we got for this week. Thank you all so much for joining. Um, and thank you for watching live with us here on Wednesday nights. And uh, hey, if you're listening uh, on your favorite podcasting app. Thank you for that as well. Um, so we always appreciate the listens, views, comments, always, always, uh, you know, it's awesome. So thank you for supporting the podcast and thank you to DraftKings and, uh, our network TPPN for, uh, supporting us as well. Uh, y'all, I, I would, we would still do it. We, we don't, uh, it's probably not a good idea to say we don't say we're not doing it. Bobby's for money, all about the not, money. It's it, it's all about it's all about it's not about the money. It's about it's about putting out a decent. Bobby, are you are you flying? People. Are you flying this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. So he needs more money for in-flight Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, oh man, y'all figured it out. Y'all figured it out. But um, anyways, love doing this show every week, and uh, I'm gonna certainly certainly cherish this last month of college football we have. So. All right, for me, Jameson, Ty, and Bowden Blake, this has been the Weekend Spread presented by the Schooner Pod. We'll see you next week, and good luck out there.